Guys, we are back with another Well Through Wi-Fi podcast episode. Why? You guys don't like that? What do you want me to say? Who wants to do the intro then? <laughs> We're here for a hot take. This is gonna be this is gonna be a hot take. What do you mean pump the no. brakes? You what do you know about doing anything? Come on, this? yelling. Well, well you, you got, have to, you gotta have some right, energy. You gotta have some energy, but guys, not everybody's out here. Bye, 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 but we got a hot yeah, take. Yeah, yeah. We got Drew and Nick Continue. here again. Fuck we you. just <laughs> everything going on right now with uh Syracuse basketball, I thought it was a good topic to touch on is uh, Mintz declaring for the draft and all the Syracuse fans being upset when this dude is literally a projected first-round pick after the second half of the season and J.J. Starling committed to Syracuse after being in the transfer portal for fucking 12 hours and all Syracuse is up in arms when we have a new coach and just the perspective that people are quick to in sports to judge these athletes and like we were kind of talking about in the last pod, not willing to put themselves in their shoes. Like, what player would walk away from the opportunity to be a first-round pick when going into the beginning of the year he wasn't even going to be drafted? Um, and I think it's a good topic to give a little bit of perspective on and, and kind of just give some insight. Nick, thoughts? Well, so, I mean, that those are all fair points. So Judah, I don't know if he'll be a first round. I saw weeks ago he was projected first round, but he kind of slipped. And I mean, he's not gone for sure because he doesn't have an agent. So he's seeing what's out there. Which is, yeah, exactly. But when I see anyone um, complaining about a player leaving early, I just think it's an asinine thing to say for multiple reasons. And I used to be that way, um, thinking they were leaving early. But the older I got and understood is, well, for the simple fact when people say they're not ready – do you think a player is going to get better at basketball and focusing only on basketball, whether it be the G League or NBA or Summer League, or uh, going to class at Syracuse and playing basketball in their free time? Where you're worshipped. Right, and especially with Jim here and everything, you can look at the NBA talent he's produced, and it's nothing stellar to say the least. Um, so this whole notion that staying longer is going to make you better for the NBA and everything, that's just all selfishness from the fans. When in reality, that's their best. That might be their best opportunity because they could have a worst year next year, miss out on money and everything. And so, you just want to win. You just want Syracuse to win games, right? hundred percent. For, for what reason? I, you know what I mean, I already think we're in a great spot with Autry because, like I said, we we tried to get JJ out of high school. He's from Bones, where where we went. Um, went away to Notre Dame. He didn't have a stellar year, but he was the number one point guard uh, or the number one guard transfer, and we got him right after Jim left. I don't think that's a coincidence. No, and that's that's the whole perspective where people don't want to put themselves in so much shoes. Like, it's all a correlation. Like you, it, it all trickles down. We get a new coach. We get a player that transfers in that was an ACC point guard of the year, and a guy that's projected to be a first second round pick that wasn't even part of the fucking draft talk at the beginning of the year declares for the draft and everyone has bad things to say about him after he just had a great year for us when we had a down year well that's just being upset because we know losing him definitely fucks us because if he comes back i mean like i said we haven't lost him yet but but hope for the best if he comes back next year it'll be him and jj starting at the one and two and that'll be the best one and two we've had in quite some time and love to see it um I think I think the bigger issue and might be playing to what Judah does is uh, Joe Girard has this notion that he a team NBA team would even want, let him put a jersey on is insane. Um, I was so and, upset when I heard that he had eligibility left. Yeah, and he's entered the transfer portal, but unfortunately that doesn't mean he's completely gone. And hopefully Autry's smart enough to understand Joe ain't, Joe ain't gonna make us that. And especially if Judah, if it's Judah or Joe, it's Judah all day. There's not even a doubt about it. Um, 
way more athletic. And that was, a th- I mean, Joe shot better than Trevor, but he was a less athletic um, person. And to think that someone like that could lead a D1 team, a Power 5 school, when he might not even play, there's a very good chance. Like, that's why it's funny with the transfer portal, too. Like, a Power 5 school probably ain't going to pick him up, and that's what scares me is he's going to realize no other big schools are going to want him, and he's going to come back here, and I don't want that. I do think it's pretty crazy that they've changed the rules so that someone like J.J. Starling is immediately eligible. I think we're going to see a cycle um, with all this NLI stuff that's going on and these players making money where they're going to give too much power to these players and we're going to have to see a shift back. And, you know, right now everyone's hating on the NCAA, but this is like another situation just like that where like every decision they make at this point is a tough decision. And, you know, these players can only be given so much power. You can't, I don't think you can allow players to transfer within conference and be eligible the following year. There has to be some loyalty or we really start to get away from, you know, any sense of camaraderie that these teams start to create that really makes sports interesting. See, and this is where I have the opposite take where, because that's happening in the NBA too, I think it should be reversed where college, because you only have four or five years and you have such a limited time that you should be able to jump ship and do what you want quickly, especially because schools to begin with are scamming people out of plenty of money i agree there's a there's a re- there's a reason enrollment is down in places and everything and trades are going up because tuition's been going i mean i mean half the people don't even take classes in person and somehow tuition went up and everything and the money these schools make exploiting these kids and you know you'll get the people well they get a free education and this and that and i gotta do this and it's like well you aren't bringing them them in millions of dollars by being a star athlete or anything and that's just how the world works people are better than you people are worse than you and that's exactly what it is and i think let them do what they want for four years because schools have been exploiting them for so long let them get their dues and then that's where i mba i think should be more loyalty because they're all getting paid stupendously but there is none right now and that's the problem 100 percent. but that's where i like i said i think I college, agree. I agree college finally or college athletes are finally getting what they want and schools hate it and they only hate it for one reason it's because they're making less money and they make enough fucking money no i agree but you also I, my my perspective on this is if you give a whole bunch of fucking 18 year olds the perspective that they're bigger than the schools it's going to create a downtrend in the professional level because they're not going to understand you know the process that some have to go through i mean to make it to the nba they're gonna go to the nba and just sit on the bench. well they're not some of them won't though that's exactly, the thing yeah. they'll make more but money they co- do, they'll, they'll make more sit- money in college than they did in the nba and then these dudes are never going to develop into the players that they could have been and then the nba is going to end up taking the toll for it but that's where i just don't give a fuck because that's their choice and if i agree if they, if they let them make the choices they want and it may not be the smartest but that's their choice to make and now like say perfect example like say you get to a school and you think Syracuse was it for you and then because every year with Jim Beheim, someone's in the doghouse no matter what you do Jim hates on a player why would you want to come back and be forced to play with this guy for years because you committed there even though you know it's not I mean we see it with professional players where they go to a system or go to a place and it doesn't work out and they get into the place that's right for them and that's where my thing with college athletes is they have four years, five years. A lot of them leave before that. They have such a limited time to prove themselves. So if they want to move around for the best situation to them, let them. And we, everyone's just got to – and like I said, from a fan's perspective, it sucks sometimes and everything. But that's where the selfishness comes in and everything. And it's like – and 
I agree, but the problem is the immaturity. And, you know, a player, a guy like Jim Beheim is a perfect example. As much as people, I agree that he treated some players a little bit too harshly, but the players that are in the doghouse are the players that he sees potential in that aren't reaching their potential. And that's his way of trying to get them there. And I understand that everyone, you know. But is, what has he done? He's won one championship no, I, in six I'm years. No, I'm not disagreeing. And he's not producing the NBA players. But that's what he's trying to do. It's when a coach doesn't talk to you that you should be more worried. But he's, you know, Jim kind of aged out. Every great coach in any sport, any all-time great coach, has been, when needed, an asshole to their players. Bill Belichick. Oh, you have to. That. They got to respect and they you. Respect them. But the point is, and you see it in movies all the time, like, I may be hard, but trust me. And that's the thing is. Jim Beheim, I might be hard, but trust me, but then where are the results? Because then you see someone, like, people think Jim's top five all time, and you could argue that, but then you see people like Tom Izzo, he's got one championship, but at least, I saw a stat the other day, in the last 25 tournament appearances for him, he's made the Sweet 16 15 of those times. That's insane, and especially with someone with Syracuse, like, People use every excuse under the book, say, shitty weather here. There's plenty of shitty weather schools that get great players. Oh, there's all the potential in the world. You, you, there's other schools that go through a new starting five every other year, and that's and that's the thing is you think Coach K wasn't an absolute asshole to players. You think Cal wasn't an asshole to players, just like Jim was, but players respect you more when they get results and they see better. And well, Once again, be- a j- problem with Jim is when you don't play – People want to. People are going to college basketball to play at these schools or going to try to get the NBA. And when you aren't running an offense, like legitimately not running an offense, not drawing up plays, you're sending kids out there who are trying to be coached and you just expect them to just go do their own thing like it's pickup ball, throw them under the bus when they're not performing, and then make them play zone 24-7 when that very rarely happens in the NBA. Nothing is appeasing about that for anyone, thing, I don't especially know. an 18-year-old kid. I don't know enough about sports to even talk about it, but all I know is that whole Jim Beheim shit leaving caught me way off guard. Well, it'll be interesting to That's see. Like, years, I don't he know enough year, about He should have been out years ago. Yeah, he should have been out. People I, always yeah, play I, this game. He's he been sh- here forever, and that's the problem. He's been here forever. All great coaches have their time. What it was hap- just so random what, what to me. Happen- it caught me so off guard what the way it came was, out the way it happened. I'll and, tell you, being honest, when it started on a downtrend and when we should have got rid of him, is a lot of faith was lost after Deion Waiters and his success his early years in the NBA and the amount of use that he got at Syracuse and how he was treated as a player, that once that confidence was lost, we should have shifted to Hopkins before he left over Washington. He had the connections on the East Coast. Like People were referencing his, his record out in Washington, but he did well initially. But the problem was he didn't have the connections out there that once he used up you know, all the relationships he had on the East Coast the first few years he was there, he struggled a little bit. If we'd kept Hopkins and we'd started to develop and we'd had a couple of years of rebuilding, Syracuse would still be at the pinnacle. But when we made that fucking fantasy run to the Final Four with, who was it, Ennis? Yeah. It, people started to buy in a little bit and it, it bought too much time. And then after, you know, two years, when Jimmy and Buddy were there, that should have been the end of it. Well, with Syracuse and just like, I mean, kind of tied everything back in life. Um, Syracuse fans have been accustomed lately, which once again, I don't know why, because as a Yankee fan, I have this problem every year, but accepting mediocrity yep. and that's thing like the last Sweet 16 we run had, we, you know, or last uh, Final Four run we had, people like to bring that up and everything. And it's, we're worrying about getting selected on Selection Sunday just to sneak in the tournament and uh, 
pray to make a run. And that's the talent's not, there, though. That's, and that's not, the problem. Well, that's not what Syracuse basketball was no. about and what it shouldn't be about. Where oh, let's wait to selection Sunday. It should be we're guaranteed to get in because we got 22 wins and six. But losses. we have the talent, and that's where people should be upset and they shouldn't be happy with it. Like, well, but that's the problem is it's been every excuse for Jim under the sun. And like I said, it's because he's been here forever, and it comes from a lot of older fans too. Because you can old, have respect and say older, someone's past their time. Older sports fans usually have terrible takes um a lot of our parents and stuff i mean we've all heard some of our friends parents say just the dumbest shit ever and i mean my one cousin he made a comment a couple weeks ago and said what jim's done for syracuse he should be able to stay till as long as he wants and it's like that's a this is a business that's the dumbest thing that's ever. hurting the school he's the gonna put term, the product yeah. and make the product worse and my my thing that's gonna be annoying you know with the syracuse homer fans is we're gonna have a worse if we have a worse year next year than this year they're gonna be like oh it wasn't jim and it's like well there's called uh, growing pains and know, everything, yeah. and you got to go through. Process. You got to go through that shit and everything. But also, too, like Autry also might not be the guy. He's an assistant coach. He's never coached anywhere. And well, I think they clearly gave Autry the job to some degree too with the whole JJ Starling thing. Well, they do the, they do loyalty there, and like that thing is, you know, you get a lot of people say. It. I wish we had GMAC. And it's like, how do you know GMAC's going to be a good coach? I would have rather us looked up. Rick we should have gone outside. Rick, it was the biggest Rick job Bettino, in the last few years to open up. It should have been. It shouldn't have been such a Rick Bettino is such a winning coach, and he's great. He goes to Iona after the whole shit of getting strippers at Louisville. Gets a job at St. John's. And St. John's would probably be better than Syracuse. And I wish we looked at someone like Rick Bettino, who was an established good oh, coach. Oh, great. But we just don't. We just don't do things like that, and like I said, it's always been every excuse on us. Last year, Jim said, this is the most talented team I've had in 10 years, and then we're shit. And it's like, and midway through the season, well, they're not making shots. Well, how about you run plays, but you don't run plays. Derek Coleman once told me, him and I had a conversation at Club 44 when the Crunch played in the Dome, you know, many years ago, and he said, Jim never called timeouts to draw out plays. It was to yell at anyone. He just told me. One of his best players of all time told me that he never drew up plays. So you're expecting 18-year-old kids who are generally selfish because they're trying to make a name and get a get out well, there for where themselves. It's the, that's where it's you go, the and that's times. why you see for the first eight, or we see the last 18 seconds of the shot clock is one guy playing ice, and you got everyone standing around because they're not running plays, they're not doing the shot that goes in. And you're recruiting centers who are good for the zone but have zero offense when you got centers in every other conference who are 100 pounds heavier and will bully our guys. But because they were good at the zone, he loved he loved taking them. We got away from the Rick Jacksons, the Renzi Onowakus, and the Rakeem Christmas. And we go from the guys from Zimbabwe because they're seven feet tall, but they weigh 180 fucking pounds. Well, we want to give I you want, guys a little bit of a hot take. I want Syracuse to get better so people will come here more often and they will use my Airbnb. And that's why Zach doesn't <laughs> talk when we talk about sports. <laughs> yeah, but I know. I'm not a big a little, sports guy. A little hot take. We'll let Zach rack it up. Um... Yeah, not a big sports guy, so that was a little hot take on Scott and Nick's portion of what's going on with their uh, thoughts in Syracuse basketball. I'm a player. I'd rather play than It's just a typical you got to put talk. yourself in these people's shoes to really understand the situations. Like, step outside your comfort zone and try to look at it from their perspective. Yeah, I learned how to make money. They they, they focus on sports more, so well, that's all right. That's, that's why we're all diverse and why we're here, so... Um, Everyone and uh, enjoy their night. Thank you for joining yeah. us again. Thanks for, a for joining take. these couple wild pods, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Love you guys.